Hey, glad you can join us for Lightning Rounds. This is a podcast from Refuge Young Adults where we talk about the Bible, culture, and life. And we are your hosts. I'm Zach Ruiz. Andrew Newman. In the house. (laughs) (laughs) It felt right at the moment (laughs) to throw a hand up. I haven't felt the glory days in a while, huh? Have you know, you, Andrew? Just having like a good, like someone scream your name over a microphone and you running into a, like down the line of people slapping your hands. There's nothing like it. It's amazing. If you could do that on a weekly basis. A little think, spanking too in your Yeah, room. like a good watch. Like good game changes your whole month. <laughs> do, we need to, do we need to change the way churches run? I think we're starting it tonight. <laughs> Fire tunnels. <laughs> As you come into church, welcome, sinner of sinners. <laughs> we haven't seen you in three weeks. Where have you been? <laughs> Straight out of Texas. <laughs> oh, so good. Today on Lightning Rounds, we're doing something a little special, and we'll get into it. But we're joined by a wonderful friend of ours um, who's today's special guest. Uh, he's one of our worship leaders. Heads up a hip-hop project called Black Narnia. Find them on Spotify or Apple Music. And is the heavyweight boxing champ here. Come at on. <laughs> Come on. Why don't you welcome with us Brendan no, you guys, seriously, you don't have to do all that. That changed everything. But thank you. <laughs> just changed the whole atmosphere. I think we each need our own theme song. I think it's absolutely. I, I, I call girls by Beastie Voice. Oh, dope. <laughs> that song was in my head when I woke up this morning. I'm like, why is that? For right. such a time as this. <laughs> For such a time as this. Should we joke? <laughs> Brandon, we're so happy to have you here, man. I'm stoked. Um, you've been a guest that we've been wanting to have on here for a while, and what a better way to intro you in than today's topic where we're going to be talking about the gospel. Mm-hmm. But Brandon, why don't you tell us a little about, a bit about yourself, and uh, how are you feeling this fine afternoon? I feel amazing, to be honest. <laughs> I feel like, um, I feel empowered in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? feel like I've really been uh, on my regiment, and by regiment I mean um, eating food, <laughs> drinking water, breathing air, and boxing daily. Oh, come on. Yeah, that, makes me feel like who I am. <laughs> you can find Brennan shadow boxing <laughs> just everywhere. about everywhere. <laughs> he goes. In the green room. And lying at El Campeon. Oh, gosh. A <laughs> um, little bit about myself. Well, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Uh, Understood the gospel, this concept that we're going to talk about today, at a really young age. I think I was four years old. Um, I got saved off a TV evangelist. Wow. Yeah. His name was Gospel Bill. Shots out. Wow. Um, He used to take biblical concepts and paint them uh, through stories of, like, cowboys in an old Western theme. And but at what? the end, at the end of every episode, awesome. <laughs> I have all the DVDs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I did when my daughter was born. I received the full box set wow. as a wow. gift from my mother. Um, so anyway, I, I've seen that episode that I got saved off of wow. before. But it was just on TV back in the day. Gospel Bill. Gospel Bill. Mm-hmm. Yep, he was the the sheriff of Gospel Gulch. <laughs> and, I used to uh, live in Gospel Gulch. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's where he's got his name. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. See, full circle, dude. Wow. And uh, I just remember um, that he went to Isaiah and was talking about the the stripes, and by the stripes we were healed. And he explained what sin was, and explained that Jesus took it for us. And uh, he just gave an invitation. He was like, "Man, you know, if if these things make sense to you, and you would, would like to respond to this truth." He's like, come put your hands on the screen with me and pray. Let's pray together. And, dude, I, I believe that I was saved that day. Wow. Yeah, I went into the kitchen. Mom was making cookies. I was like, Mom, just gave my life to Jesus. <laughs> it's awesome. 
And uh, one of the first things that I asked her was, what's the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Wow. Yeah, I, don't, I was a young man, but wow. the Lord had plans. Uh, so I don't really have um, a story of a time that I wasn't walking with the Lord. I don't really remember uh, not walking with the Lord. Grew up in church, grew up in a Pentecostal-style church. When I was a teenager, uh, I started rapping in church when I was probably like 10. Um, I grew up in Joshua Tree. So uh, I used to rap with a lot of Marines. <laughs> so I'm like 10 years old. They're like 26. <laughs> and we, I formed multiple rap groups, some with Marines, some not. But I just was rapping from a young age. And uh, because of my young conversion experience, uh, I just always rapped about the Lord. Yeah. That's like, that was my world, you know what I mean? I, that's the lens I saw everything through. So that's what came out in my writings. Uh, but when I was about 15, I was really hungry for like instruction, like biblical instruction. Um, I was reading the Bible every day since I was little, but I, I wasn't grabbing, grasping like concepts that were a little heavier. And uh, my church at the time, that I would say that was kind of their weak spot was... Uh, just like biblical competence, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it was just shotgun sermons all the time. We were always David, and you know <laughs> our sins were always Goliath, or our, our you know our hardships yeah. or anything. You know what I mean? We were Daniel. We were Moses. We were we were always those guys, you know. And we had to overcome. And as I would read the Bible more, I was like, man, I don't think that we're the hero <laughs> of this story. <laughs> Uh, so I started going to a Calvary Chapel, uh, Joshua Springs, up in up in Yucca, and fell in love with like expository preaching yeah. and uh, teaching. So from there, I went to Bible college. I, I was just hungry, and the reason I went to Bible college is because I wanted to be able to represent God well through music. So I was like, I need to know His Word to represent Him well to write dope raps about Him. Yeah. <laughs> that was my goal, you know. Like yeah. this is in like the this is early 2000s. So it's like wow. cross movement is going. Lecrae's a baby. Like Lecrae's barely put out his first record. Wow. And I'm hearing things like uh, the ambassador's Christology in layman's terms. And I'm remembering concepts because of his raps. You know what I'm saying? I'm fed daily bread like the ravens fed Elijah. Now mind you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's how I remember that for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Things like the fruits of the spirit or something. They were all, they were all made plain in songs. Even words like exegesis made plain in songs. And that like uh, hip-hop theology um, platform was really appealing to me. So yeah, I went to Bible college, studied there for a year, um, was kind of asked to, uh, to leave in a sense. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was in love and it was, uh, it was a choice really, but, um, <laughs> you have a choice. It was to a leave, clear choice. And we're encouraging it. <laughs> he said, you could come back for sure. You could come back next year, but, um, you're going to have to stop playing music and you're going to have to hit every single curfew, which was 11 o'clock at the time. So I was, I was leading worship and playing gigs and coming back late. And I think I had something like 17 past curfew tardies or something. And every time you had to go see the dean. Yeah. So I'd, you had to wake up super early before class, go see the dean. And he'd be like, again, dude? He's like, again? Where were you, man? I'm like, no, dude. Costa Mesa was doing this Labor Day event, and Joy Brand was preaching, and we were, dude, it we was so rad. 300 people got saved last yeah. night. You got to make it here by 11. <laughs> You're <dude>. still tired. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, okay. So they kind of told me, you know, you could come, but you can't do music anymore, or you could leave. And I was like, okay, I'm going to leave. And he's like, good choice. <laughs> I remember him going, good choice. Turn your books in, and uh, yeah, have a great one. It's like, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, from there... God bless you. Uh, from there, I got signed, and we, we hit the road for about 10 years. Uh, I was with a group called Chica. We got signed to Crossmore Records, but we, we played like 150 shows a year for probably eight years straight. And then we were together about 10. So I played over a thousand shows wow. with those guys. And I led worship and stuff too, but I mean, Chicago's main ministry was like concert vibes, you know? Yeah. So I did that, dude, for, for a long time. Like my, all my 20s basically was just traveling and playing music. 
from like Russia to Germany to Peru to Mexico. We went to um, the Philippines, like, and then almost all the states, probably in the 40s of states, you know? Wow. And it, like the, our life back then was like, I remember we got a call from um, Christ Tabernacle in Queens. And they were like, yo, we're doing this big event. Um, Sunday night, we'd love for you guys to be a part of it. And we're like, yeah, dude. Like, the crazy going to be there. Everyday process is going to be there. Uh, we want you guys. We want you guys there, too. And we're like, yeah, dude, we're down. It's like Thursday. <laughs> and they're like, we're like, Sunday. Okay, yeah, so which Sunday? Like, talk to us. Like, no, no, this Sunday. For sure. We got to go. Boom, hang up the phone. We get in the van and we go. We left Drive. Thursday night, dude. Drove all night. Drove Friday. Got there Saturday afternoon. Wow. <laughs> That's what, that was what our life was like at that time. Like, across the country. If we're free right now, we're free for anything. Like, mm -hmm. let's go. Wow. Yeah. So those were the days, dude. Ten years. Um, then my daughter came, and it yeah. was kind of like, you know what? Everybody was kind of ready to be done with the road thing. And so I took a position uh, teaching and uh, being involved with a school of music that you, mm -hmm. that you went to, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I was there for five years. And then since then, dude, I've been kind of coming back into uh, the worship ministry and, yeah. and whatnot. But yeah, dude, it was, a, it was a long road of gas station stops and... <laughs> <laughs> Gas station hot dogs. Oh, mercy. Fast food, <laughs> countless hours in the car. Chasing the sunset with Gospel Bill. Straight up, dude. <laughs> gospel to... Bill was just like, mount up, dude. We're out of here for this glory, man. Giddy up, boy. Trying to lasso that horizon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, kind of the long version, but got to give you context as we talk today about what's yeah, going on, you no. know? Thanks yeah. for, thank you for sharing that. That was, that's wild. Gospel Bill. I need to Gospel look that Bill, up, dude. man. That sounds amazing. Yeah, anytime you want to borrow the DVDs, I got you. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I think Judd needs to get... I think so. He'd probably love it, dude. He needs to get saved, that little <laughs> sinner. He needs Jesus. So if it's, if it's going to come anyway, it's got... It man, might be. I, I think yeah. it... it I might think be from the West, my guy. <laughs> so good. Wow. Oh, man. Well, we're super excited to have you here with us, Brent. Yeah, thank so thanks. You. Thank you, man. Thanks of for joining course. us. Thank you for sharing that that story. Wow, man. I'm pretty sure you could go even more in detail about all the stuff you guys went through out there oh, on the road. Bro, we saw a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's a couple more. <laughs> if you're listening today, we're doing something a little bit different. It kind of got started couple weeks ago when we um, we did an episode about how to study the Bible, kind of tips of how to study the Bible, what it looks like to study your your Bible. And we, we got such a really good response from that and how many of you were blessed by that and um, really enjoyed that. And we kind of, it kind of sparked up an idea of, of something we can do here on Lightning Rounds. We're just covering some basic kind of fundamental topics in Christianity and just kind of talk about them, talk about like the how, the why, the what of these topics that so easily can get overused in language and can sometimes you can forget the true meaning of what it means, uh, what these things mean. Um, topics like prayer, topics like the church, topics like worship, discipleship, evangelism. Um, but we don't think there's a, a better place to start than with the foundation of it all, which is the gospel. And so, um, yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today, the how and why of the gospel and looking at that. And so um, mm -hmm. all I can say for you listeners is giddy up. <laughs> get ready. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Better get that snake out of your boot. <laughs> Don't go poisoning that water hole. <laughs> all right. So we're going to start off with just answering this, this question. What is the gospel? Bren, why don't you... Dude. How would how would you describe or define the gospel? It's a great question, and it, it's something that we need to, especially as believers. Like this podcast is aimed mostly at believers, right? Yes. We as believers, um, this is a question you need to ask yourself often and keep asking yourself, because um, this is the crux. This is everything. Uh, 
this question, this, this answer is literally the deepest waters for the Christian. Yeah. There is no greater importance. There is no, like, once you graduate beyond this, you get to the real stuff, the deep stuff. Um, this supersedes everything. This is the entry, but it's also the entire house at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't get more important. Like, the entire Bible shows us this. You know what I mean? It's like, and as you're reading, I'm sure something you guys go over often is like, you have to always zoom out to this. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't care where you are. You're in Genesis, you're in Revelation, you zoom out. How does this pertain to the big story? The big story is the gospel. Amen. And so, I mean, literally the gospel is the good news, Yeah. right? But I don't think that gives any context for someone who doesn't know what's going on as this relates to the answer. I think you have to start with the bad news. Yeah. Um, and... You know, feel free to interject whenever you guys want to. But I feel like um, the like the worst news ever. <laughs> and this sounds weird, but like the scariest part of the entire Bible is that God is perfect. Yeah. That's the scariest part. Like that He's perfect and that He's perfectly good. Mm. And you're like, how could that be scary? That's the bad news. The the bad news is that's scary because we're not, yeah. right? So we're not perfectly good. So the bad news is, and, and as basic as you could get it, like I don't, I don't want to sound fancy when I talk about this, this particular question. What is the gospel? The gospel is this. The gospel is the good news. Before we understand the good news, what's the bad news? The bad news is we sinned against God, right? So it started right a perfect God from, from perfect community, right? Yeah. In himself, yes. the Trinity, yeah. creates in his own image, right? At that point, he, he says it, it is good, right? So we are invited into this relationship with God, and we could commune with God. The Bible says that Adam walked with God in the cool of the evening. Like, yeah. There was no um, disruption in that relationship. Mm. It was as easy as, where are you? I'm right here. Yeah. It was as easy as, hey, sun's about to go down. Let's take our stroll and talk and hang. Incredible. Come on. The God of the universe created that and invited us into it, and there was no disruption in that relationship. Mm. Unfortunately, the bad news is we sinned against God. We, we broke that perfect relationship mm. by eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Yeah. Back in Genesis, it's the original sin. Something I think that's important to understand is um, though, though there was an aspect of deception, um, the sin part was our act, yeah. right? So Eve taking the fruit, eating it. Adam taking the fruit, eating it. That's the sin part. Mm. I don't care what it took to get there. We did it, yeah. right? And so at that moment, we broke the relationship. God didn't break the relationship. We did, right? Mm -hmm. And because of that sin, God being good, like the scary part, he cannot fellowship with us anymore, mm. right? Like yeah. we break that relationship. So now we can't walk with God and we can't talk to him like that because because of his perfection and what the Bible call at holiness, he has to separate himself from sin or else he's not that, mm -hmm. right? And if he's not that, then we got an even bigger problem. Yeah. But he is. Um, here's the bad news. Part, still unpacking the bad news. <laughs> there had to be, because of there's an offense, there has to be payment for the offense, yeah. right? So because that relationship broke, there has to be a reconciliation of that relationship. Yeah. Unfortunately, we are powerless to reconcile that, yeah. right? Why? Because from that original sin, man in general, people have been cursed ever since. Uh -huh. And from that original sin, every single person from then on, not just is a sinner because they sin, that's a very important point. Yes. Born with a nature of sin. Yeah. Right? So that's something you have to understand as it relates to the gospel. It's very important. 
because our sin nature is what damns us. Yeah. Not just when my daughter was born, I remember seeing the sin come out. I yeah. remember that point. I was like, mine. No. Yeah. I remember that. But before that ever happened, she was already condemned mm-hmm. because of who she was, because her dad, <laughs> great, great, great grandfather was Adam. And that sin was passed through every single generation subsequent, right? Important. We're not just sinners because we sin. We're sinners by nature. Yes. We're born that way because of the curse from the garden. Mm -hmm. That separated us from God. Still bad news. We can't fix that. You can't fix your nature, right? Flesh can't fix flesh. Mm-hmm. Spirit has to fix flesh. So even if, like, just to hammer that point home, even if you did, if you if you became aware, even like me, I become aware of this gospel at a super young age. Say from that point on, I lived a perfect life somehow. Every single day I woke up with the sole dedication to not sin and to live for the glory of God. I'm already condemned. It doesn't matter. Like no. there is no there is no action, there is no life you could live that would make you justified because before you even try, you're already disqualified. Yeah. Right? So, then what? We we need payment for that sin, right? Some some way to reconcile that relationship again because that's what, that was his intent from the beginning was to commune with us. We broke that community. How do we get back? Well, that sin offense has to be paid for. We can't pay for it, mm-hmm. right? Like I said, even a, a perfect life doesn't pay for it. Even if you found someone perfect to live for you, it doesn't, it doesn't work because we're already condemned. Enter Jesus, right? So the, the foreshadowing of this word, these, this good news comes yes. way back in Genesis. Yeah. The word would be proto-evangelion, right? Yeah. Like the first gospel, the first good yeah. news is introduced then. Yeah. And it says that the seed of the woman yes. would crush the head of the serpent. Yeah. Why is that important? Because Jesus is born of spirit, not man, yeah. right? Yeah. So using Mary and the spirit of God, Jesus yes. is conceived. Yes. Thus, not passing on the curse of Adam, yes. right? Because the curse of Adam comes from the seed of man, yes. right? yeah. Jesus doesn't have the seed of man. He has the seed of God. Mm. So Jesus then is born into the world blameless, mm-hmm. already does not have that sin nature. Here's the guy. This is the good news. Like This is the one guy that could ever do it. Yeah. If there was ever a guy that could do it, this is him because he has the nature of God, but he's a human being. Yeah. So he can pay for what we need. Son of man, son of God. Let's go, right? Now... This guy has to live perfectly, because if he sins even once, we're all done. <laughs> right? Yeah. Still the scary. So we, still scary. So we literally have to put all our eggs in one basket. There's no other man that could do it. Hmm. The beautiful part is the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in all ways, but never sinned one time. Yeah. Right? The good news is he makes it all the way, all the way to the cross, perfectly sinless. Yes. Obedient, the Bible says, unto death. death. Yeah. Right? Sealing a perfect sacrifice. This is the blameless Lamb of God that comes to take away the sins of the world. Born without the nature of man, born by the Spirit of God, perfect. Lived a life, perfect. Went to the cross all the way, perfect. So Jesus is able to pay that sin debt. The one person of all time that could do it. And the best part about Jesus is the Old Testament would foreshadow like, you know, sin required sacrifice. Yeah. So the Old Testament would foreshadow, man, I sinned and it requires sacrifice. Yeah, there has to be a payment. But the bummer was the payment was always insufficient. Mm-hmm. No matter what, even if I just paid with this life of a, of a sheep or a ram or, you know, yeah. a scapegoat, Unfortunately, I'm going to sin again, and that <laughs> thing's already dead, and it ain't coming back. 
yeah. right? The beautiful part about Jesus with his nature, his God nature, his sacrifice satisfied eternally so that it's a once for all sacrifice. So that, what does that mean? That means everybody since Adam looked forward to Jesus. Yes. For salvation, for access to heaven, for the, for the reconciliation of a relationship with God. Everybody since then has looked back to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? It's like that is the crux of all human history is yes. this God-man entering the story, perfect, living a perfect life and dying to pay the debt that we owed with the God nature and eternal debt sacrifice that satisfies once for all time, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't just stay dead, like not just a sacrifice that died. Three days later, the gospel, he raises to life, yeah. right? And at that point, our enemies are conquered. Satan, conquered. Sin, paid for, conquered. Death, yeah. conquered, right? So now they call him the firstborn from the dead. That's one of my favorite attributes, like one of my favorite names that they ascribe to Jesus, the firstborn from the dead. Because yeah. it's like nobody else could do that, right? Mm-hmm. But he did. And because he did, he offered unto us this eternal life and reconciliation back into a right relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Taking all these years of history, of, of sin and the recorded history of man, and going back to that garden space mm. and saying, I want to commune with you again in that yeah. way, right? Yeah. And this time, it'll be perfect. Yeah. This time, there won't be um, a way for you guys to mess it up. <laughs> 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 this time, it's going to be forever, and I'm going to, to invite you into my kingdom yes. where I'll rule and reign, yeah. and you will be, the, which is the crazy part is that he invites us to be co-heirs with him, Yeah. right? So what he has, he gives to us mm-hmm. to share with him, yeah. which is incredible. So yeah, the gospel, we were hopeless, right? Yeah. We had a relationship with God. We messed it up. Yeah. We were we left sinned. without hope Yeah. unless God himself would intervene. Yes. He did perfectly. Yes defeated all of our enemies, and offers us not only that reconciliation, but eternal life in this beautiful, reconciled relationship with Him. It's the most important thing that we can understand and the most important thing that we can express and to share. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's what the gospel is. (laughs) So yeah, like... (laughs) Just whip that out. (laughs) So... So like, yeah. Yeah. And like every single thing we well, read and talk about. Thanks for listening to Lightning Rounds. This has been great. <laughs> but it's like, you should, be able, you should be able to share that with a yep. five-year-old yes. mm-hmm. and make it make sense. Yeah. And you should be able to share it with a 90-year-old yes. and make it make sense. Yeah. Because I, I always go back to, um, it's 1 Corinthians 2, 2, right? Paul says, to the, to the church in Corinth, I determined among them to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Mm. Because the church in Corinth had all kinds of questions for Paul. Mm-hmm. And if anybody could come at Paul with like high theology, it would have been them, right? Like they're studying, they know yeah. what's up. They want to say, oh, okay, great, Paul's here. Dude, circumcision, let's talk about it. Because <laughs> this sect is saying this, but these people are saying this. Okay, forget it. Anyways, meat offered to idols, right? Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. This, this is the real stuff, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And Paul goes, no, no, no. Nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Come on. Like, until we understand this thing, we're not going any further. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I always go back to that in my mind because it's like, you might think, oh, the gospel, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Right. It's yeah. elementary. It's, it's yeah. something you grow past. Yeah. But man, if, if, if you're listening to this, the gospels, you can never, ever, ever grow past that. No. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you have, just get alone with God and repent and ask him to show you the truth of it again, yeah. because it, it will inform everything you do. It reminds you of your place in life. Yeah. Who am I? Yeah. Why am I here? What am I doing? What am I supposed to do moving mm-hmm. forward? What's the most important thing I could say to somebody today? All these things are answered in the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's the most important thing we have. Mm. You know? And it's interesting that Paul, all of his epistles and letters are these like great Christian crescendos of the gospel. 
like Ephesians, which a book we love and like always look to for doctrinal like significance. It's just a, an in-depth look more at the gospel. No doubt. And then Philippians, we have joy because of the gospel. Romans is like, we were in sin. Here is the gospel. Absolutely. Uh, First and second Corinthians, like stop doing that stuff because of the gospel. (laughs) Second Corinthians, like don't lose hope because of the gospel. Like every single one of his letters to the church, which is a gospel centered, like that's what we are. We're we're supposed to be gospel centered people. Yeah. Yeah. He writes to them again, the gospel Galatians. Don't let anyone add to the gospel. Yeah. Like there's always this emphasis of always coming back to the simplicity of it, as complex as it is. For sure. Come back to that because like you said, if you can't if you don't get that, you can't move forward on anything else. You cannot. Well, you just answered like the first two questions <laughs> in, in your first statement, what the gospel is and why we need it. Pastor telling me growing up, like that the moment that you're not moved when you hear the gospel presented, like you know something's wrong. Oh man. You know something's wrong. Like that. You know, like when when you come to a place where you feel like it's so elementary, oh that's just I've heard this before, it's so simple, it's just gets get to the deeper things, you know, and that's where you really need to see the reality of even who we are. Mm. now as sinners mm-hmm. not you know because that that's the thing is like in that in the gospel it's not just a one-time event that in the sense was okay i'm good now i move on from this but it's right. it's rather something you <laughs> you preach to yourself every day every day every day you're preaching if to not your, multiple yes, times yes <laughs> throughout sure. the day <laughs> no doubt i mean we talked about this the other night but we could let the people know it's like there are times uh in service, you know what I mean? Like, so me and you, we serve on the worship team together. And there are times after we serve where I'll just go outside for a second and get alone. And I'll remind myself, you know, because there are high highs and there are low lows in ministry all the time, right? There are times where you feel like, man, I'm doing the most and nothing's happening. And times where you're like, I don't even know exactly what happened, but it was amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And so both of those times, I like to get alone. If it's not right after, it'll be after church. And I just remind myself, like, you didn't do that. And the beautiful thing is God has been at work in these people's lives since the beginning. Mm. You know, he knew their name before they were born. He knew the number of hairs on their head. His good thoughts toward them are like more than the sands of all the beaches. Mm. This is his work, man, and he's invited you into, like, be a part, just to share it and to observe what's going on. Yeah. And I mean, that's the gospel, man. It's like, I, I, I was dead. I was dead. I wasn't, I wasn't injured. I wasn't like, I didn't have a cast on my leg. I was a corpse. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I had no hope. There was no hope for me. And so at any, in any context that you're at right now, it's like, you can tell yourself, dude, I know that things might be difficult right now, but I was hopeless before, mm. right? Yeah. Like because of Christ, I can even start to think of what life will look like. Yeah. Before that, it's like, dude, we're we're not even alive. Yeah. There's nothing to enjoy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if you, Paul says it in Ephesians that we were dead. Yeah. And I think that's that's something that it's so easy as a Christian to kind of like forget about that you were dead. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Like you were like, and, and further, furthest from the meaning of like absence of physical life, like talking even worse than that spiritual. Exactly. Death. Yes. That is separation from God. Yeah. That's the state that we were in. And, and that when you remember that and even something that like, that I try to do to my remind myself of every day is just like, man, I'm, you know, like you said, I'm a sinner saved by grace, you know, nothing more and nothing less, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's, and I feel like when you have that fresh perspective of your need for the gospel daily, 
then it, it almost in a sense stirs you up to share that even with others, to pass that on to others, to see that and oh, even have sure. a, even to have that sensitive heart, you know, for uh, for others. And um, and that I mean to me that that's what blows me away so much about the gospel is it is like that great exchange. We had that. We had sin, we had death, we had hopelessness, we had transgression. And Christ came and lived that perfect life, obedient to death, to the, um, obedient to the Father, dies on the cross three days later, rises from the grave, and in exchange offers, offers that to us. Absolutely. I like how um, I have this verse written down in first, uh, or sorry, Second Corinthians 5.21, which says, uh, for, our, for our sake... He made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And I think that's something that we don't fully comprehend. I was even having a conversation with Andrew about this, that how, like, to understand the weight of that fact that he became sin, oh, yeah. who knew no sin. Oh. Like that moment when he, w- when he quotes from the cross, he... he cries out the, the Psalm of David and says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. Like, what did that, I, I don't even think we've, we, no, we don't know. Fully, we don't know like, because we talk about, yeah. you know, when it's Easter, we talk about all the things he went through getting to the cross, right? Yeah. But like you're talking about him crying out to the father, why have you forsaken me? And, and how like it's put him in a place of like, He's totally undone, mm-hmm. right? The garden foreshadowed that, though. The garden is him saying, if there's any other way to, to bring this plan to fruition, yeah. if there's any other way to reconcile your people back to that garden relationship, yeah. let this cup of wrath pass from me. And Jesus isn't, he's not sweating blood because he knows he's going to get flogged. He's not sweating blood because he knows he has to carry a heavy cross up a mountain. Yeah. He's not sweating blood because he knows the Romans are going to pin him to wood and hang him up like a display. Yeah. He's not. He knows that that's coming. He's known that that's coming. He's sweating blood because he knows his relationship with the Father is going to be disrupted. Wow. He's sweating blood because he knows what that wrath is. Yeah. The cup he's talking about that he's going to have to drink. It's not the wrath of man. It's not the wrath of man. You think yeah. he's bleeding drops of blood from the wrath of man? He's, yeah. he's sweating blood because he's so anxious about the wrath of man? Wow. He's not anxious about the wrath of man. He knows perfectly what the Father possesses mm. and what his wrath means. And the fact that that is going to disrupt the father-son relationship, whatever that is, I'm, I don't claim to understand that. But yeah. he says those words, yeah. and the Bible says that the father turned from that sin and mm-hmm. poured all of his wrath. That was for us. Yes. All of the wrath that was saved up to dump out on us sinners yeah. all through history yeah. from then, now, and to come, yes. whoever's going to be here, all that wrath went on to Christ instead of us. Yeah. That's what had Jesus in anguish. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, he became sin. My goodness. He became sin. He took all of our sin upon himself. Like, took his father's, the fullness of the wrath of God upon himself. Yeah. You know? It's like, that wrath was allocated to us. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Yeah. And he took it. Yeah. And, you know, of course, I'm not, I'm not at all trying to uh, diminish what he took for us physically. That That's, you know, unbelievable, the things he went through. Yeah. Um, but it pales in comparison to the reality of the wrath that he took yeah. from God. Yeah, and that's what, I mean, even when you read that verse that I just shared in, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, I mean, the first three words are, for our sake, he did this. Exactly. For us. Like, that's what, and, it, and Romans would even go even further, I think, in Romans 10 that says that while we were enemies of, of God, while... That oh, while yeah. we were sinners, that Christ died for us. Absolutely, God demonstrated His love in this. That while we were still sinners, Absolutely. Christ died. For us. See, that's what. This is what's mind blowing about the gospel, and, and and to this day, even just will floor me is to understand that even as Christ hung there on that cross, experiencing the wrath of God that I deserved. And even in a sense that in that moment, I was like those Romans that were cursing at him. Oh, 
And then we're saying, come down. Bro, for sure. You know? You were Adam and Eve. Yeah. You ate the fruit. Yeah. You were you were the one putting the crown on his head and punching him and saying, who hit you if you're a prophet? Yeah. Yeah, that's our sin that hung him there. Yeah. Christ is... The Bible says that all things were made by him and through him and that nothing exists apart from him. So it's like... He is literally holding all things together. You know what I mean? Seen and unseen. And it's like, as he's hanging there, dude, I mean, he even says, I I could call down a legion of angels right now. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't think I could get off this cross if I wanted to? Like, he can just literally step down if he wanted to. It's his obedience unto death that keeps him there. But it's his love for us. It's the fact that he's willing like yeah. he's willing to be obedient unto death. Wow. And the crazy thing is, you have to personalize that. Yes. Like if you think of the gospel as for God so loved the world, and you don't ever think micro, like you don't ever get down into for God so loved me, Brendan. Yeah. A, a sinner. Yeah. Then then you have not yet begun to understand the gospel. Yeah. It's it's as personal as it is, you know, huge. Yeah. You know, it, it comes down into the individual. Yeah. It's unbelievable. To start with this, with something that is so easily understood but can even be overlooked as like, oh, that's elementary, or that's childlike. But to not fully grasp the weight of it and to understand that, no, this is something every day that you are that you are continually preaching to yourself and reminding yourself that innocent blood was shed on your behalf. Absolutely. Not, not just anyone's blood, but God bled for you. Absolutely. Like, and like you said, when you personalize it that way, that just... I think I mean, we've been going through Hebrews. I know. On, uh, in my mind, dude. <laughs> we've been going through Hebrews here at uh, San Juan on Wednesdays. Our pastor, Pastor John, has been going through it. And uh, me and Brent sit by each other. <laughs> Every service, we're just like, it's just, it's so, it's all Jesus. And it's so huge. And even this past week, talking about that, about how Jesus' sacrifice was once for all. How the blood of, of bulls and goats could never purify sin. Yeah, man. No, it's a temporary covering. And, you know, not just the sacrifice, but the priests. Yes, yeah. The priests passing away, them not being able to, you know, even if you had a priest, that was just incredible. Yeah. And like John was explaining how they carried the stones on their shoulders and their chest over their heart and things like that. Even if you had one who was doing his best to intercede for you all the time, he's still got to sleep. He's still got to eat. His mind still wanders. And guess what? One day he's going to die. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Even if he was the best one. His ministry will stop. His ministry will end. Yeah. But of the ministry of Christ, there is no end. Come on. He doesn't, he does, and he doesn't need these other things. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that the Bible says that he's always, like he lives eternally to make intercession for us as the perfect high priest yeah. and the sacrifice, the sacrifice at the same time. Yeah. So it's like back in the day when there was sin, you know, you'd go to to the priest and he would take your sacrifice and sacrifice it and do, you know, go through the whole ritual mm-hmm. and he, the, the priest and the sacrifice had this relationship, but Jesus fulfills both of those things in one person, which is so incredible. He's the sacrifice and the priest. He's the eternal sacrifice forever and the priest that doesn't die. Yeah. You know, it's like this perfect imagery, man. And it's crazy. People always say like, you know, <laughs> Like, how come, how come we had to go through that? Or how come God had to, uh, why did we even go through those practices if God was going to send Jesus anyways? And yeah. I couldn't claim to know exactly, but how do, you tell, how do you tell somebody that knows nothing of the subject what holiness is? You know? You just say a random word. Yeah. You know, you meet someone that's that's never heard any of these concepts before. Yeah. Like, you know, go back. Go back to the garden. And then you're going to say, oh, we're separated because of holiness. Adam and Eve are going to be like, what? What is that? Yeah. 
but the Lord like graciously shows us and he explains what it means to be holy. Yeah. He explains like through everything, there's imagery in every piece of that from the tabernacle to the priest, to the sacrifice, to the ceremonies, to, to the time of year, everything points yes. and paints yeah. a picture and continues to pay, paint a picture throughout history of who he is and what he's like, yeah. what he requires, what he likes, what he doesn't like. Yeah. You know, in the, in some of the clearest ways he gave us, the Ten Commandments to yeah, Moses, but yeah. it's like he continued to unfold his nature over time. And only in Christ do we find our yes and amen. Yeah. Only in Christ do we go, oh my gosh, it almost, that's why. It makes sense. Oh, that's what, that's what yeah. he meant by sacrifice is required for sin. Oh, and Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. I, I start to understand, yeah. right? Yeah, because the... the the Old Testament, the law was was, and even Hebrews talks about it. Even just the the that it was all a shadow of what was to come. It exactly. was it was they they were foretelling of 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 the Messiah that was to come that would would be the perfect Lamb of God that yeah. wouldn't just cover sins. You know, like you go back to the garden, Adam and Eve sin. Um, God finds them hiding, and they're covering themselves with. with because they realize their own nakedness their for own the first sin, time. For the first crazy, time. yeah. They cover themselves with. Leaves, I think it says, some type of leaves, cover themselves with leaves, and and God clothes him. A sacrifice is made for the first time. For the first time, something dies so that to their, cover to cover their nakedness. But that's the Old Testament. Yep. To cover exactly. But Jesus didn't come just to cover. No. But to purify, to to cleanse, to wash. I really like how Romans eight, um, Romans eight, uh, verse three and four says it. It says, for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. It's like you still have to recognize the fact that the law never saved anybody. Mm-hmm. It was a type, like you said, a shadow. It was a type, a covering. Yeah, but Jesus doesn't come to cover sins. He comes to abolish them. Yeah. And he doesn't come to he doesn't come to clean up dirty people, right? Yeah. He doesn't come to clean up my sin stained hands. Yeah. He says, You're an altogether new creation. Yes. Yeah. And you know, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus even. He's like, Well, what do I gotta do to be saved? And, and Jesus says, You gotta be born again. again. And he's like, What? I gotta be what? <laughs> Jesus is saying you gotta become an entirely new creation. Yes. You were already born, but you were born of the flesh with that sin nature. You gotta yeah. be born again into me. Yeah. With this eternal nature. Come on. He doesn't he doesn't clean up dirty people. Yeah, I think it was C. S. Lewis who said something along those lines that God doesn't make um bad men better but mm. he makes dead men live <laughs> hey, leave it to c.s lewis man <laughs> so, that's my guy <laughs> I, I might have misquoted that but <laughs> i'll take it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what we've seen what the gospel is um we've seen why we needed our our it was our sin the the fact that god is holy and that we because of our sin nature we are not right and so um that's why we need it. In order to have that communion with God, like it was in the beginning at the garden, uh, we needed that sin to be dealt with. We needed a payment for that sin. Mm-hmm. And so the last question we want to um, talk about just before can we close off is how does the gospel change your life? How yeah. does it practically change your life. Because I think an important thing about that that can kind of get misunderstood about the gospel, and we've mentioned it even as if we've been as we've been talking, is that um, the gospel it's it's not just to change your eternal destination. Right. It changes everything. Yes. It change it's it's holistic in that right. sense. It's not like you get saved, sweet, and it's kind of like your get out of hell free card. Right. And you're like, sweet, I got the ticket, I'm gonna hold on to it when I get to heaven and then here it is, yeah. you know, but rather it, it changes you. You're a new creation. Oh, for sure. The gospel hinges on that newness or hinges you into that newness of life. The cross of Christ yes. hinges you into that. So how does the gospel, what are some practical ways, or you can even think of verses or something like that, that right. how the gospel changes your life? 
Well, yeah, the gospel changes your life. Not exactly like what you just said, not just to change your destination. That's not the intent, right? If we go back to the garden again, it wasn't just that God created them and then he's out and I'm just going to observe from here on out. It was created for a purpose of interaction, of relationship, of communion, right? So in the same way, if we're reconciled to that relationship, it's not, it's not an internal destination. It's a right relationship with God again. Yeah. And what does that look like? It looks like a relationship. It's like you don't leave uh, the altar on your wedding day. And I now pronounce you man and wife. You may kiss your bride. You kiss your bride. You go to the back room. You sign the certificate of marriage. And then you say, you know what? This was awesome. Thank you so much. I'm out. <laughs> like, that would be the dumbest thing. Like, yeah. You couldn't even wrap your mind around someone if they did that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, wow, yeah. you know, I finally got married. That, that, that's all I've ever, you know, that's what I needed. And you dip. It's yeah. like, no, no, the and point of that whole marriage change your life. doesn't change your life at all. Yeah. You, you would go on living like a single guy for the rest of your life. You yeah. walk away from that. From that. It's, the, it's the same way yeah. with salvation. It's not just for the status. It's for the relationship, mm. just like marriage. Yeah. Marriage is a type, just like we were talking about with the sacrifices. Yeah. Marriage is a type. It, the Bible chooses that relationship specifically. Yeah. Jesus doesn't say, I'm the big brother and you're the little, little brother. brother, right? <laughs> he doesn't say, I'm the uncle and you're the nephew. Yeah. He says, I'm the groom and you're the bride, right? right? Yeah. So just like that relationship points to Christ, it's like salvation, like, like marriage, is an inviting us into what becomes the entire point. Mm. The entire point is this life lived together where I believe probably the greatest means of grace in marriage is the sharpening of each other. Mm. The the level of accountability that no other person is allowed. Mm. You know what I mean? And to be able to, through each other and the transforming work of Christ in your life through His Holy Spirit becoming more like Jesus every day, yeah. right? And you get that chance with somebody to be unified in this process of sanctification. Salvation, just like marriage, marriage being being married into this beautiful sanctifying relationship, salvation is being married into or bought into, brought, invited into um, this beautiful sanctifying relationship with Christ. Yeah. And he has not left us, like he would say, as orphans. You know, when, when Christ ascended, he gave us his Holy Spirit mm. um, as a promise, like part of like, I'm coming back for you because you're sealed with my spirit. Um, but also gives us the power of his Holy Spirit, like allows his spirit to be at work in us daily to cultivate this relationship that yeah. he paid to invite us into, right? Yeah. Um, what is it? First Corinthians 18, first Corinthians one eighteen. it says that, uh, the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing, but the power of God to those who are being saved. Why does the gospel matter? Because it's the power, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because without it, we don't have power, Yeah. right? With it and, and through this incredible story that the Lord's been telling since the beginning, we have power to live and to continue. Who will hear if no one preaches? Yeah. And to continue to unfold this good news and yeah. this narrative so that other people will be invited into this relationship and transformed yeah. to look like that one person that saved us from the beginning, yeah. look more like Jesus every day, yeah. and to be invited into a relationship that is the ultimate fulfillment. Like, Are you looking for... Fulfillment in your life, the ultimate fulfillment, the most fulfillment you could ever find is in Christ. Mm -hmm. Like, are you looking for a life of adventure? It's in Christ. Are you looking for a life that's full of power? It's in Christ. The only only satisfaction that our soul finds is in Christ. So it's like you could be searching for life, but until until this gospel takes hold in your life, your life is one without power. Yeah. Yeah, and Jesus, one of Jesus' statements was, I have come to give life and life more abundantly. Absolutely. You know, that that word that he uses for life is that Greek word zoe, Hmm. which is, it means more than just um, 
quantity of life, like long years. Right. That it, it, it goes deeper to mean more purpose of life, meaning of life, the way life was meant to be lived. Yeah. And so God didn't just give you come or God didn't just die on the cross for our sins to give us, like you said, that, that status of that, or that length of years, not, not only just that, that does come with it. We do get eternity with him, but to delight in him in relationship, to have our purpose, to find our purpose in him. And that's, I mean, because then your life is completely changed. Oh. You're, you're, when you find your meaning, there's nothing like living life with meaning. You find people that don't have purpose in their life, and, mm-hmm. and it's very sad. People, I mean, we, and we see it all throughout our culture, people chasing after different things, the next thrill, the next travel place, the next relationship, the next, you know, whatever they want to, um, job position. But when you are someone who is completely content, mm. It's, it's the way we were meant to be lived. I mean, it's Absolutely. almost like a, it's almost a little scary because, <laughs> right? Because we so much of our life is spent in, uh, you know, not being content. Oh in yeah. This, in this constant search for, like you were saying, of, of what the next thrill is. But, but in Christ is life, and life more abundantly, in yeah, the man. purpose of life. So it changes everything, and it I changes like everything. Yeah, it, it completely changes everything. Yeah, it, it changes your relationship with your family, changes oh, your relationship yeah. with your friends, it changes the way that you work, the way change. you interact with strangers. Yes, yeah, yeah, everything. <laughs> like yeah. literally, fill yeah. in the blank. Yeah, it changes everything. Yeah, but it's like you know, as people, we get thirsty. Yeah? We haven't had anything to drink in a little while. We get thirsty. We haven't eaten all day. We're starving. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. Like there's all these things that we desire, things that our body needs and things that we desire emotionally, relationally, right? But it's so beautiful. Like Jesus, speaking of like our purpose in life, Jesus says to that woman at the well, right? He just makes it so plain to her and he's after her specifically. And he says, man, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask me for a drink. Yeah. And she's like, you don't even have anything to draw water with. And he's like, man, <laughs> how do I put this plainly? Like, the water I give, if you drink, you never thirst again. Wow. If that paints any picture for you right now, it's a picture of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus saying, all these earthly desires that you have are found, they find their yes and amen, their perfect satisfaction yeah. in me. Yeah. To the point where, like, if you drink of Christ... If you drink of this fullness of relationship with Jesus, you'll never desire anything else. Yeah. Right? And it's when it's only when we lose sight of that that those other desires come into play, right? Mm-hmm. It's only when that relationship is askew that we start going, well, but you know what? I would kind of like some status around here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> because again, like we're talking about the gospel. Go back to the gospel. What is status then? Yeah. You know? I shouldn't have any status. Yeah. My status was dead. Yeah. Jesus gave me life. Therefore, I desire to live for him. Yeah. Because my life isn't even mine. Yeah, we deserved hell. How could I claim my life? Mm. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, people say, I just want to get what I deserve, man. I just want to get what I deserve. Well, bad news, bro. <laughs> you deserved eternity in hell. Like, yeah. and, and this is another, like, another facet of the gospel that you probably need to understand is that God would have been fully justified leaving us in our sin. Once we sinned in the garden, Mm. if he were to just dip out from there and say, well, man's condemned forever, he's justified perfectly. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to come back. He didn't have to send his son for us. He didn't have to do that at all. That's what grace is, is that he chose to. But don't get it twisted like, you know, we forced his hand or we deserved it or, you know, because of how good we were or how... We treated each other. His hand was forced, and he had to send his son. Yeah. No. He, he could have, from that original sin, dipped out forever and never again interacted with us and would have been exactly the same amount, holy and perfect. It's the fact that he didn't do that that shows his grace, yeah. not our deservingness, yeah. deservedness, whatever yeah. you'd say there. It's by grace you're saved through faith, not of works, 
Why lest not? anyone should boast. And Come even on. the most famous verse in the Bible, John three sixteen, for God yes. so loved. Absolutely. It was love that drew him to send his son into the world. Yeah, like, can you believe that? It's like, God just decided that he loved you that much. And because he loved you that much, when you messed up, he came looking for you. That's incredible, dude. Dude. Like, the God, the all-powerful God of the universe. Yeah. I messed it up. He wanted to hang out with me. I messed it up. And instead of leaving me like... Cancel culture, dude. You're yeah, done. I, yeah. You messed it up. I'm out. Instead of that, he, in his perfect divine wisdom and forethought, already had a plan in place yeah. where he would reconcile us back to himself again. Yeah. He, from the beginning, he's wanted that relationship with us, yeah. man. And he was willing to do whatever he had to to yeah. keep it. Yeah. As much as we did to destroy it, yeah. he did mo- even more to keep yeah. it. Kind of reminds me of that movie Behind Enemy Lines. <laughs> you ever seen that movie? No, I don't think with so. Owen Wilson? Uh-uh. <laughs> he, like crash lands behind enemy lines and they go and they save him. Anyways, it's a good movie. But at the very end, when they when like when they get him and they save him and he's like crying, he's like, like you guys came for me. Wow. You know, I remember watching that and if there's a movie that'll make me cry, it's war movie. <laughs> so it's just like and I'm like bawling. I'm like, why am I crying right now? But to think like to that, to the millionth you know, extent of that okay. Christ went went the extra mile mm-hmm. to search you out. For sure. To save you, to rescue oh, yeah. you, right. to pull you out. And yeah. just, And he didn't he didn't need it. That's yeah. That's the other crazy part. It's not like he had some void, like the the perfect triune God had some kind of void in his life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just chose to. Mm. Like he just wanted to. So he did, you know, it's like, it's, it's a pretty incredible deal, you know? Yeah. We could be here for hours. We can. And, and that's the, that if you're listening, that is the glory of the gospel. Yep. This is how it should shape all your conversations. Oh yeah. It should shape your attitude. It should mm-hmm. shape the way you approach ministry, the way you approach your workplace, the yeah. way you approach relationships with family. If Jesus was willing to do that for me, why wouldn't I be willing to do this for you? Mm. If Jesus was willing to do that for me, why wouldn't I be willing to do this today? You know what I mean? That's how the gospel shapes our yeah. lives. As we look to Jesus as an example, we're reminded of our status, like what we deserved. Paul would say, you know, what what do you have that you didn't that you weren't given? And if you were given yeah. it, why do you act like you didn't receive it? Yeah. It was a gift. Yeah. So don't act like you're cool. Yeah. Just be very thankful and live according. <laughs> kind of has a way of like clearing the table where you're like, Straight if you up. got something against, even if like you have bitterness or something against somebody and you're like having trouble forgiving them and then God calls us in his word, forgive them as I have forgiven you. And it's like, what? And, oh, yeah. like, and it knocks you off and you're like, wow. Yeah. So let these things settle in your soul, man. Uh, as, you know, if there's something today that you've heard that, you know, piqued your interest, go into it. There are countless verses mm. in the Bible. Um, the crux of the Bible, the, the meaning, the whole reason that it exists is to elaborate on this exact picture, yeah. to show us the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know, if you don't feel like these things have made an impact on your life or settled on your soul the way that you might feel like Zach and I are talking about today. It's all there, man. Just go head first and enjoy the the limitless bounty that comes from the gospel of Jesus mm. Christ. It is the greatest treasure. Yeah. Christ himself is the greatest treasure and the gospel is the good news of what he did for us. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I think that's a great place to stop it right there. And like we said, we could talk about this for hours, but that is the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of the gospel. So thanks so much for listening. If you guys have a question or a topic or anything you want to be sent in or or featured here on Lightning Rounds, feel free to send that in to our Instagram at refuge underscore SJC, or you can email them to Pastor Andrew. (laughs) Maybe you're listening and you're like, I haven't heard Andrew in a while. uh, If you didn't know, he walked out. (laughs) If you didn't know, he had to go live out the gospel by baptizing a young believer into the faith. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like mid-conversation gets a call from Pastor John and like 
they were going to go baptize someone. And so uh, just me and Bran here closing it yep. out. This <laughs> is so good. But <laughs> anyways, guys, uh, we'd love to, if, you, if you're listening to this, you're in the area of um, Orange County and you want to hang with us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. at Refuge Young Adults, we'd love to have you. Um, if you feel like, also, if you feel like this episode was encouragement to you or you know somebody that needs to hear this, feel free to share that with them or and send it out. But um, we're really looking forward to getting into more and more of these topics on um, kind of like the little how and whys of, of Christianity and what it looks like to follow Jesus um, in these next episodes of Lightning Round. So we're signing out. Gospel Bill. Happy trails. <laughs> Happy trails. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs>